Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Beautiful, beautiful spirit here of this sanctuary today. And I think it's contributed to your pastor and his wife. Uh, we, we love Brother and Sister Beard. And uh, you can't have a better friend. When they're your friend, you can't have a better one. And uh, we, we love and appreciate this church. And uh, we're just happy to be here. Happy to be here. Right at my age, though, I'm happy to be anywhere. <laughs> oh, Brother Beer was talking about his early years. I I used to be bad to the bone. From the first grade, they didn't have kindergarten when I started, but from the first grade to the eighth grade, there was hardly ever a week that went by in school that I didn't get in a fight. My older sister said to see it and say all the kids run into a, you know how they do at a, at a fight. She's pretty sure I was involved in it. And most of the time I was. But when I, when I got to be a, a, a freshman in high school, that spirit left me. I, I never got in a fight in high school or all of high school. Of course, I was called to preach when I was a junior year at high school, just 15, 15, turned 16. But I didn't realize that God was taking that old spirit out of me to prepare me for a new walk. And uh, I, I'm telling you, I, I was so bad. I got so many paddlings, I thought I was a canoe. <laughs> But thank the Lord God changes us, don't he? He changes us. Amen. I heard this story about this professor in college that was trying to convince his college class that there was no such thing as God. He was an atheist. And, uh, so one day he was on the platform in front of his class, and he said, if there is a God, let him knock me off this platform in the next 15 minutes. And he kept kind of repeating that, you know, every once in a while while he sat there waiting for God to knock him off the platform. Well, there was this about 225-pound football player that was a Christian come walking down the hall, and he heard that. And he just slung open the door, run through there, and tackled that professor, knocked him off the platform. And that professor said, what in the world do you think you're doing? He said, well, God heard your challenge, and he's busy, so he sent me. <laughs> I, I could kind of say that this morning. God is busy, so he sent me to preach to you. 
name. You see, uh, the Bible said God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that would believe. And I, I know it's kind of foolish for one man to get up and preach to another man because I'm as human as you are. But the fact that this is God's deal, not mine. And uh, Brother Beard is all that stands between you and hell. God could send angels in here every Sunday to preach to us. But he don't. He sends a man. A fleshly man, a man of like passion to, to share the word of God. So if you have your Bibles, you may want to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15 and 52. In a moment, everybody say a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That's the rapture of the church. Everybody says it's going to happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. In the snap of a finger. I, I looked up the word twinkling and it means a blink, a flutter. A flicker, a flash, a bat of the eye. It happens suddenly and instantly. That's the way the rapture is going to take place. Brother Beard, would you pray and ask God's blessing? God bless you. You may be seated. Now, at my age, I don't uh, move too much. I can't move too much. But uh, that don't change the Word of God. The Word of God's still true. Amen. Uh they say that the eye reflex is so rapid that it's 0.1 tenth of a second in time. That's fast. I got interested in this fastness, twinkling of an eye, and, and, and I ran across an article about Irwin Hill, Ernie Hill. They say that he was the fastest man with a gun that has ever lived in recorded history. And uh, I actually got to watch a video of him drawing his pistol. While I didn't get to watch it, I know it happened, but it was so fast I couldn't see it. He had two balloons set up eight foot apart. He drew his pistol, shot both balloons, and holstered it before I could even tell he was drawing and uh, broke both of those balloons. And uh, they said that he could draw a pistol and fire it two times in point, 0 
0.208 tenths of a second. They even showed that same video in slow motion. And in slow motion, I couldn't even come close to what he was doing. I mean, it was just, the shots were fired so fast that it sounded like one shot. But both balloons exploded. They were eight foot apart. The fastest man alive in recorded history. Uh, I know you've heard of the domino effect. You know, you tip one domino and they start tipping other dominoes till they all fall. And it's kind of fascinating to watch that. And uh, we, we call it chain of events. And uh, a chain reaction like those dominoes. But that's no comparison to the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is not going to be a chain of events. It's going to be on a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the snap of a finger. We're going to be here and we're going to be gone. Glory. I know that things leading up to the rapture of the church, there may be chains of events. I'm kind of convinced that this Russia invasion of Ukraine is, is part of that chain of events. I believe it's, it's the, the dominoes are starting to topple. And I don't know how long that'll take for all of them to fall, but they're, they're starting to topple. But don't count on the chain of events to let you get ready for the rapture. Because the rapture is going to happen in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Praise God. It's going to be like in Revelation 4 and 2 where John said, And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set up, up in heaven. Immediately. And I like the way it goes on to say there was one that sat on the throne. There wasn't three thrones, but just one throne. And it wasn't but one sitting on that throne. <laughs> and we know who he is. Can you say amen? You can read it, Revelation 4, chapter verse 1 and 2. At the twinkle of an eye, you're not going to have time to get down on your knees and repent when the rapture takes place. The half-hearted Christian is not going to have time to go home and pull out his checkbook and write all those checks for back ties that he didn't pay. <laughs> that all right, Brother Beer? <laughs> but in the moment of the twinkling of an eye, in a blink of an eye. Somebody figured this out, and I ran across it. It, it, it intrigued me. Is that if you drive your car at 55 miles an hour on a 10-hour trip, from point A to point Z, it takes you 10 hours to get there, and you're driving 55 miles an hour, you actually uh, drive 
that car 33 miles with your eyes closed. <laughs> That's scary, eh? Especially when you meet no coming traffic and they got their eyes closed. <laughs> Some things God just does quickly. Creation. Uh, God created the universe just boom. It wasn't a chain of events. It wasn't an evolution. It was immediately. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Science has finally, they finally catching up with the Bible. This is true. You can't believe everything science tells you. Matter of fact, some of the things they taught me in school, they've done throw those textbooks away and said they're obsolete. But this never goes obsolete. <laughs> it's forever settled in heaven. It was right yesterday. It's right today, and it's going to be right tomorrow. The word of God will all be fulfilled. But in 19, uh, let's see, in 19, uh, 2006, I'm sorry, USA headlines, March the 16, 2006, quote, quote, Big Bang unfolded in the blink of an eye. They're just now catching up with the Bible. Darkness was on the face of the earth, and God said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. Immediately there was light. There was no evolution. When God created man from the dust of the earth, he didn't create a baby. He created a grown man. I, I believe that Adam, if you was... To, to age him biologically, he would have been about 33 years old. But God took dust and breathed into the nostrils of that dust, and it became a living soul. And that happened immediately. Brother, most of you may know Brother Bruce Maxwell, but his dad, Brother Ellis Maxwell, who baptized my grandparents on my mother's side, many years ago in a swimming hole not a swimming pool it's a swimming hole and uh, he was pastoring there at Dry Prong and Brother Maxwell was preaching about the Lord's coming again and he was, he was trying to be forceful about it he said uh, the Lord could come anytime that's what he was telling the church that day he said matter of fact he could be coming right now and that, now that's true and so he called out one of the old brothers in the church, Brother Langford. And he said, Brother Langford, he said, go to the back door and see if the Lord's coming. <laughs> well, Brother Langford, he kind of got into the, to the message, you know, and he run to the back door and swung it open and said, yeah, he's coming. 
Brother Maxwell said, huh? <laughs> I heard about this old country preacher <clears throat> preaching on Texas. He was getting all leathered up, but he lost his place in his sermon. And uh, he, he was pretty uh, emotional with his preaching, and he backed off, and he would run to the front of the platform to make his point. And when he got to the front of the platform, he forgot his point. And... Uh, all he could think of was, I'm coming soon. He's preaching about the rapture. He backed up to the back of the platform. He made another run to start. He hollered, I'm coming soon. But the rest of the message wouldn't come to him. So he backed up and he made a third run at the front of the, pool, uh, front of the platform. He hollered, I'm coming soon. And about the time he tripped and fell and fell off the platform in the lap of a lady sitting on the front pew. And he said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry I fell in your lap. She said, oh, that's okay, preacher. You done warned me three times you was coming. <laughs> you gave me fair warning. Mark 13 and 33 says, take heed, watch and pray, for you know not the time. When he is coming, can you say amen? Be on guard, be alert. I often think of World Trade Center. As a matter of fact, I don't want to ever forget that day. I remember where I was and what I was doing. But in a matter of an hour and 45 minutes, thousands of Americans were dead. They got up that morning going to work. They got up that morning, had their breakfast, their coffee, not knowing that just in an hour or so they were going to be snuffed into eternity. It happened so quick. But the rapture of the church is going to happen quicker than that. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. They said Veronica Hayes, carry around the tape message on her phone that her husband called. He was Captain Walter Hayes of the latter company, 13 New York City Fire Department. They were on their way to the World Trade Center and on their way, the second plane hit the Trade Center. And uh, so he called home and left this message to his wife, honey, it's bad, it's real bad. I don't know if we'll make it out. I just want to tell you that I love you and the kids. Pray for me and the guys. Veronica Hayes never erased that message off her phone because it was the last words she had from her husband while he was alive. And he was thinking about her and he was thinking about the kids. Uh, I'm going to ask you, if you knew that death was in them, uh, just seconds away from you, what, what would be your final message? What would you say and who would you want to say it to? Something to think about, isn't it? 
I find it interesting that the most famous last words are usually not profound, but they're focused on things that are of the greatest importance to the person that's dying. Now, I don't know if you ever noticed this or not, but Jesus' last recorded words in the Bible, I mean, he closed out this book with these words, Revelation 22, verse 20, verse 7, verse 12, verse 20. Uh, he said, verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. If you've got a red letter edition Bible, those letters will be in red. Verse 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Again, red letter edition. Verse 20, Surely I come quickly. Those were the last recorded words Jesus gives us in this book. He warns us, I'm coming, and I'm coming quickly. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready. We're not looking, the church is not looking for something to happen. The world is. They wonder what's going to happen with the Russia deal, what's going to happen with the China deal, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen. The church is not looking for, for what's going to happen. We're looking for somebody to come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew 25th chapter. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go out to meet him. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut, and after also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he commanded and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The midnight in the scripture represents the seconds before the rapture. That's what it represents. Right before the rapture. Notice what David was doing. And at midnight, Psalms 119.62, I will arise and give thanks unto thee because of thy righteousness. As it was in the days of Noah, Matthew 24, 36. But of the day of the hour no man knoweth, no, not the angels of heaven. The angels don't even know when he's coming. But my father only, but as the days of Noah, so also shall be the coming of the Son of Man. For the days... Before the flood, they were eating and drinking and married and giving in marriage at the day Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood come. They didn't realize what was happening till the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of man be, and there shall be two in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two grinding at the meal, one will be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not the hour that your Lord will come. I do know one thing. I don't want to be the one left behind. I want to go when that trumpet sounds. <laughs> Praise God. 
Where will you find yourself one minute after the midnight hour? Will you be with Jesus or are you going to be gazing in the sky wondering why did he come today? Why did he pick now? Did you know there are over 1,500 prophecies in the Bible of the second coming of the Lord? It's recorded, 1,500 prophecies. Uh, to ever, uh, ever promise in the Old Testament that Jesus was coming the first time, there are eight prophecies that are predicting him to come again. And if he came the first time, with as few prophecies as there were, how much more should we believe if there's eight times more prophecies saying he's coming back again? Without warning, millions of people will vanish. Can you imagine what's going to happen after the church is taken out of here? Civilization is going to be torn apart and anarchy and chaos will reign supreme. And it, 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 the great tribulation is going to happen to those that are left behind. It makes you wonder what the newspaper is going to report. What kind of report are they going to give on CNN and NBC and Fox News? I don't know, but I don't want to be here to hear it. Praise God. There's a unique character in the old Bible. You don't hear a whole lot of preaching about him. But but I like I like the study about him. His name was Enoch, and he's mentioned basically three times in the Scripture: Genesis, the fifth chapter; Jude, the first chapter; and Hebrews, the eleventh chapter. Notice what Genesis said: When Enoch had lived sixty-five years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God three hundred years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Enoch did not die. God raptured Enoch. They didn't have no funeral for Enoch. Then in Hebrews... By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commanded or commended as one who pleased God. And then here's one that most people don't realize, that Enoch was actually uh, a, a preacher. Jude 1, 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied these sayings. In other words, he preached this. Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and convince all that are ungodly among them all of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners has spoken against him. So he's talking about the rapture of the church, that God's going to execute judgment. Remember, Paul said in uh, Revelation, John said, 
Behold, thou hast set before uh, because you have kept my word, the hour, I'm going to keep you from the hour of temptation will come upon all the world. Aren't you glad for that promise? Amen. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You know, John, the fourth chapter, John put it like this. He said, and I think this is a picture of the rapture of the church because John is a one God, Jesus' name believer. And he had that awesome experience on the island of Patmos. But John said, John 4 and 1, Revelation 4 and 1, I heard a trumpet talking with me saying, come up hither. I was immediately in the spirit and there was a throne of God before me. Uh, that has nothing, that trumpet has nothing to do with the trumpets of judgment in the great tribulation. This is the trumpet, that's the last trumpet. Uh, it's a trumpet of call. Israel had a different trumpet. They had a trumpet sound for war, one for assembly, so forth. Well, this trumpet was the sound together. And that's, the, that's what Gabriel's going to blow when the rapture takes place. And it's going to be said to the church, come up hither. There's a change coming. I laughed. Somebody put on the uh, nursery door part of a scripture. And it simply said about the babies in the nursery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the message to, to the church either. We shall all be changed. Can you say amen? First Corinthians 15, 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying is written, death is swallowed up in victory. I know personally, and some of you know, what it is for your body to kind of fall apart. Old age. You, you can't stop it, folks. You might camouflage it, but you ain't stopping it. That old saying, when it don't, what don't, Hurt don't work. <laughs> and you can take all the aspirin and icy hot and duct tape you want, but you're still going to get old. And you're still going to have pain. That's because we're in a corruptible body. But when that trumpet sounds, immediately we're going to put on an incorruptible body. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our bodies will not be subject to disease. Our bodies will not be subject to decay. Our bodies will not be subject to dying anymore. Praise God. It may be sown in dishonor, but it's going to be raised in glory. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.21. Who will perform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, 
according to the work in which he is able to uh, subdue all things unto himself. It may be sown in weakness, but it's going to be raised in power. I may have a natural body now, but when that trumpet sounds, I'm going to have a spiritual body. Brand new set of lungs. Woo. Brand new set of feet and legs. No more bad hearts. My, my, my. Benjamin Franklin, most of you are familiar with him. When he was a young man, he wrote his own epithet. And I thought it was so neat. I want to share it with you. And I, I'm quoting now. The body of Ben B. Franklin, printer, like the cover of an old book, its contents torn out and stripped of its lettering and guiding, lies here. Food for worms, but the work is not lost, for it will, as he believed, listen carefully, appear once more in a new and more elegant edition. Revised, corrected by the author. That's a good way to put it, isn't it? We're like an old book that's been refurbished. Can we stand together? Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.